0: Hey guys, welcome to Artie Mrs. Leal's podcast. Today is a very special day. We have a testimonial, if you will, from Miss Dara Parsons from Arizona, and she has been an art educator for many years. And she will be sharing with us her experiences being an art teacher in her community and how teaching art may look in the future, so I hope you enjoy our conversation, and I'll catch back up with you guys at the
1: end. Thanks. So my name is Dara Parsons, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona, um, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I have been in Arizona for 18 years, and I've also been teaching art for 18 years very
0: cool. How do, how is the difference between the two areas of the United States? <laughs> because you know, you have lived yeah. so far, you know, east and and now you live in Arizona. How is that?
1: Well, I would say so I graduated from Penn State University and um I didn't really have plans to move west, but I happen to be an identical twin and ah. we are both artists. So, she followed her <laughs> boyfriend at the time out west and I did try to look for teaching jobs back in Pennsylvania. But at the time, probably even now, it's, it's hard to get in there because um, they pay really well. <laughs> so no one wants to retire. <laughs> right. Yeah. You
0: have to wait for someone to do their whole 35 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. Same here.
1: Yeah. So she came out first. And then when I was, I started to sub a little bit in the Pittsburgh public schools. But I applied for a job that I had seen posted in Arizona and had a phone interview and then was offered the job immediately and moved out west and have been there ever since.
0: Very cool. Well, that's awesome. I was actually supposed to move to Arizona. Ah. Um, My my husband's in the Army, and uh, we were supposed to be stationed there, and that ended up not working out. He was actually deployed to the Middle East. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, so I get to stay an extra year here in Texas, but it's okay. But I I do (laughs) love Arizona. I've been through there a couple times. Yeah, it's Um, beautiful. Well, great. Um, well, thank you for telling us a little bit more about yourself. Now, tell us about your experiences in art education um, as far as, you know, in regard to your surrounding community. How has that been for you over the years? Um, well, i say,
1: so I work in a, in a small public school district, but um, like I said, once I got hired there, I, I have remained there ever since. So yeah. um, I've re- I mean, as far as where I'm at, right now and where I've been, it, we live in somewhat of an artsy kind of area. So they do support the arts. There's a very large, Sonor, like an art league of working artists in the area too that like to work close with us. And and I feel pretty, I'd, I'd say pretty supported there. So um, I've always had my own classroom. I've always been able to get what I needed. I've, you know, always okay. had positive, you know, responses from parents and families and students.
0: That's awesome. Well good. That's always great to hear. I know that, you know, there's other teachers in other areas of the country that maybe don't feel as blessed as you've been. Yes, <laughs> this years, is true. You
1: know? Yes. So,
0: that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um so, tell us a little bit about how the last few months has maybe affected your life in regards to your own art, to your, you know, art teaching in the classroom or just your life in general, like as far as the pandemic
1: or any current social justice uh, events that have taken place. Yeah. Tell us about that. Okay. So um, I will say, you know, having that whole pandemic come out of nowhere like that, like we went to work on March 13th and then it was like schools are closed on the 16th, but it was a a really strange kind of time, like not getting to finish the year, not doing like the fun event, like end of year activities or giving all my students their work back or even saying goodbye. It was really hard, but Mm -hmm you know, learning to adjust to how to teach virtually, and how to even just get in touch with my students that way was challenging at first. But once we got the hang of it, I feel I kind of really did get the routine of it. And it, it started to become normal, a somewhat normal, quoted normal. But um <laughs> right had, normal, <laughs> yes, um, I would say I had, you know, decent participation from my students. But, you know, it was, it was really allowing myself to understand that, like, There's so much going on in everyone's little world, kids and families and parents, that whatever I was getting, I was just going to be satisfied with, even if, you know, they were just popping on to see my face or just to chit chat about their day, not necessarily do the art lesson that was posted. That was what I was happy about having. So just allowing everyone some grace during that time and, and understanding that everyone is going through a huge change. So I did appreciate getting the feedback. You know, I got a lot of good feedback from parents and families that, that they were very appreciative of the lesson choices that I was posting. Um, I was trying to do a variety of things for kids and families, like, you know, um, make your own air dry clay and make what you want with it. And, you know, a parent would say, wow, that was so fun. We did it together and it was just great to see how they were so excited to do that or, you know, go for a walk and you know, take a piece of paper and a crayon and do some crayon rubbings with things you guys come across. And it was just trying to get them to to do something creative in a way that wasn't, like, stressful. But right. as far as my own art, um, that was a kind of a cool thing. It was like, all you had was time now. No one had anywhere to be or, like, you couldn't go anywhere. So it allowed me <laughs> right. to, like, finish so many, like, unfinished projects that I had that I was like, well, I might as well try that or I might as well get to that. And And it actually having no schedule and no place to be allows you to really dive into your own art where you don't have to like start and stop. And, and it, it was great for me in that sense. Like I was really able to find my own artistic, you know, creative side again and and let myself dive into that.
0: That's great. You know, I thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I I feel like that's, that was the case for a lot of people in, in our positions or just the fine arts in general, because I think we found, we got ourselves back yes. during this time, you know, we were able to discover a little bit more about how the frustrations of the world maybe were affecting us. And then that came out possibly in our artwork or, or <sighs> just taking a break from mm-hmm. the news, you know, and completing little projects here and there. So that's mm-hmm. great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your lessons. So um, have you ever, incorporated race or social justice topics in your lessons?
1: Yeah, I was looking at this question when you posted it. I was trying to figure out a good way to answer it. So I teach um, preschool to sixth graders. So I have, you know, mm-hmm. three and four year olds all the way up till 12. Um, mm-hmm. I Now, do I think it's important to include that? Yes, I sure do. But um, is it a touchy subject and topic for a lot of families? It sure can be. So Um, I tend to take the route of sharing more in my lessons like of cultures, like various many cultures. Mm -hmm. So I kind of take that route um, more so than like current social justice and like major, you know, iffy topics that are going on because it kind of gets controversial and and the families where I teach, they are not afraid to tell you that they don't appreciate you teaching their kid that. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to tread lightly. So for instance, I mean, you know, Martin Luther King has been a, a, you know, a figure in history since I can remember. So I feel it's important to teach about him and my, my principal, my administrator says that she would, you know, want me to do that. So Mm -hmm. we definitely touch on him. There's a contest that um, Arizona state university does for, um, for students. And we, the kids have to come up with, you know, a slogan or, you know, um, some kind of uplifting message that has to do with Martin Luther King junior day. And, um, Mm -hmm. We actually had a student winner this year, which was so cool because they got invited to this big, big presentation and they printed his artwork on bookmarks and um, it was. Oh, that's so special. Yes. And the and the cool thing I think about doing any of these type of activities is just the conversation that it allows to go on in the classroom while you're teaching it. So. Um, Even you know if every kid can't win, at least I feel like every kid kind of wins by taking away something from the conversation of the lesson. So we do that one. We do. We did one. Um, I found this one interesting. There's um, there was an art contest through, sponsored by like this foster care association here in Arizona. And um, Mm -hmm. when we talked about it, you know, even just seeing like little kids' eyes like kind of light up from the, from the realization that like not every kid is as fortunate as them in understanding the like these children are put into positions that they didn't choose and that it's really unlucky and unfortunate, but allowing them to under like, see them understand that like, wow. And you know, like that's really going on. And then even during that lesson, having some kids step forward and say, you know, I, I was adopted and I'm in this family now that wasn't my birth family, but I love them and sharing their stories. So I feel like just social, social things that are going on are good. I feel like history type things are really good. I just, like I was saying, it's like, you kind of got to be careful, I'd say, about things that are like, can be iffy.
0: <laughs> sure. No, I definitely agree with you. And that's really fortunate that you're able to do those types of contests with those or have those partnerships, you know, with those organizations. Yes. Um, that's really awesome. And and you're right. That does kind of give kids a little bit more of an open perspective, right? Yes, like it's yeah. not so much my life, my family, me, you know, it's more like, oh, you know, so that starts to teach empathy. Correct. And, and that's, I believe it's really important. I've always used different artists throughout time, you know, who, you know, were, um, you know, uh, just, um, who am I thinking of? Like, Chuck Close, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, you know, him ending up being in a wheelchair and things like that and having to paint with his mouth and, you uh-huh. know, using more digital means, it's like, oh, that, that opens up kids' minds. Like, oh, even though, you know, if that hopefully would never happen to them. But of course, you know, if that were to ever happen, like, these people still persevere throughout their disabilities or throughout their, you know, lives. Yeah. Whatever has been handed to them. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. Um, I would, I I would also,
1: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I would also add that I do feel that it is important. So to, to properly answer it, I would say, I would kind of wait to take the lead from, you know, admin to see is what and how far we could teach the current topics of social justice and all that. But Mm -hmm. if we get the go ahead, I, you know, very much, would like to discuss that because art can make a huge impact on those kind of topics. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And, and definitely, I know that when I've talked to other art educators over the last couple of weeks, um, one of their suggestions was, you know, if you have a newsletter or something that you provide to your parents um, on your campus and just kind of put it out there and say, you know, coming up, there's going to be some topics you know, within the next couple of weeks that we, you know, might discuss how would you feel about that, maybe sending out a Google form, um, to kind of get that way you have that family engagement piece, but Mm -hmm. you also have that um, you know, where they get to they get to put in their opinions also. And so you're giving them a voice. Yeah. And and that's a really and especially for the arts, that's where we have the opportunity to reach the parents and the families. And then you might have families that you know, maybe step into those roles and they might want to come and talk or, you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's a, that's a good way to, to, if you want to open up that conversation, <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. Um, and then, so the next question that I had for you was believing or I'm sorry, being an ally, for oppressed people and that would be any type of oppressed people you know it doesn't have to just be uh, um, blacks or you know mexicans or anything like that but Mm -hmm. anyone um do you believe it's it's dangerous in a sense
1: well yeah and i answered it by saying kind of like i mean depending on what the like situation is and where you are yeah of course anything could be dangerous so Mm -hmm. i was trying to think of like a for instance or like how to relate it to my like how my experience would be with it. So, um, mm-hmm. so my, for instance, or personally, I was thinking of, you know, even growing up as a kid, a teenager, and then even coming out West where I wasn't familiar with the surrounding area or whatever, I was, I was very apprehensive to share even just like my own religious beliefs with anyone at my school or mm-hmm. my community, because, you know, I knew I was the minority by what I learned once I got here. Um, I heard, you know, anti-Semitic things throughout my life. So it kind of puts, you kind of like start to bury it a little bit and then you wonder, should I say this or shouldn't I? It becomes like a like a nervous kind of you get a little anxiety about it. But mm-hmm. um, you know, knowing there's a lot of hate in the world, you know, it's a sad thing. But um as I've gotten older, it's kinda of like, you know, I become a little bit more like I'm uh, kind of proud of it or a little less concerned what other people are thinking of me. So um mm-hmm you kind of, you kind of got kind of to grow into that and you kind of feel like, you know what, this is who I am. And you want kids to kind of feel that way too. So it's like, I was trying to think is in my classroom, how have I seen it? So like I was trying to say in my mind, like an ally, a student ally. So I've seen it like where a kid, you know, there's a kid that's constantly getting picked on or that just, mm-hmm. there's one kid that's just constantly, you know, the clown, the clown of the class that's always kind of saying inappropriate things and, And I love Mm -hmm. when you find that one student that comes out as the ally for like the lesser child and stands up for them. And I was like, heck yeah, you go. Like, I'm all about that where there's like the ally for the kids that don't speak up. And I'm like, you know, there's zero tolerance for any of that in my classroom. And if there's a kid that's got the, you know, he's proud and he's not scared and he's going to stand up for that one that can't. I was like, yeah, you go. That's great. (laughs) That's great. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, I I had a student. Um, oh my gosh, my first year, I started. He was in the first grade,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, our class, our classrooms tend to be very colorful. You know, mm-hmm. we've got the color wheels and the rainbows and everything. You know, color mixing, blending, everything. And so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had a student that walked in that that my first day of school. You know, oh he goodness. walked in and he just spun around in a circle and said oh I love your classroom I love the rainbows I love (laughs) glitter and I was just like great like I'm so yeah it was like you know I'm so happy that you're so happy to be here yeah and you know as the years went on because I was at my campus for the last six years And so I got to see him, you know, go on to sixth grade and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so, you know, throughout the years, as he grew, he started to realize that, you know, he was different from everyone else, you know, Mm -hmm. and that he was starting to identify more with homosexuality. And so for whatever reason, my classroom became this like a safe haven for him. And so anytime he was in there, it was like he he could be himself. Yeah, that's Because so cool. I you know, and and at the at the moment it's like, yeah, you know, that's so cool, but there are like eighty other million things going on in the classroom. You know? Yeah. And so it's like it's hard to sometimes acknowledge those moments and and try to make it to where, you know, there were, there were so many times where maybe there were missed moments where, like, if somebody made a comment towards him and I was dealing with something else going on in the classroom, it was like, oh, I should have, you know, later on in the day, I was like, oh, I should have said something when so-and-so said that to him because I'm sure it made him feel really, you know what I mean? Mm, and so yeah. we feel this... Um, at least I did. I felt this responsibility to be his ally oh, in the classroom, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to take it too far because then that's when it can get uncomfortable for kids, mm-hmm. and, and 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 especially if you're working in an elementary setting, it's like what what do I say? What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> what, that's you true. Know, are the parents going to come? looking for me because I said the wrong, Uh you know, politically incorrect verbiage or something. And so I think in those moments, I I wish that I would have spoken up, you know, more. But now that the climate is changing, now it's going to be, which it's unfortunate that it's happening now, but it's, you know, great that it's sooner rather than later, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now I feel like, yes, this is okay. Like, yes, my classroom can be a place that anybody can come in and be safe. And just like you said, you know, we don't tolerate bullying. We don't tolerate name calling. You know, we don't tolerate any of that in this classroom, but turning, kind of flipping it around and taking it from the negative to the positive. It's like, I accept all of you as long as we are respectful towards each other. And what does that look like? Yes. You know,
1: yeah. So, well, and that's like even how you explained it. I mean, it, we have so much on our plates just being an art teacher. I mean, it's not just teaching art; it's like so much other things. But even absolutely. just you allowing him to find your classroom as his safe spot was like that's a huge thing. Like you didn't, you didn't do anything. He just felt that way in your room. So that was like, yes. that's a gift in itself. But yeah. Um, and to piggyback on that, my, my identical twin sister teaches high school art. So we share stories and experiences all the time, mm-hmm. but um, you know, even hearing when we discuss things, it's amazing where kids have come. I mean, I don't how I'm, I'm in, I'm 42, so I don't know how old you are, but it's come a long way mm-hmm. where as far as acceptance goes in the classroom, because, you know, she mm-hmm. has students that are, you know, going through a a change. They choose to change from their gender while in high school and um, just the way other high schoolers react to that kind of thing or kids that are open about their sexuality and having their classmates and others in the school be so accepting is like a huge leap. So we try to find these little like gems of happiness in these terrible times where it's like, well, we can celebrate that, that kids have really come a long way as far as being more open about that stuff than they were back then.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm turning 35 this year. Okay. And yeah, I would have never, I didn't even really think I knew what homosexuality was until I was way older. Like I think maybe 13, 14 years old when I got to high school. And then that's when you started to see, you know, Uh the clothes or the haircuts or, you know, the way people carried themselves, you know, what have you. And so that's when I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. (laughs) But you know, I never, but it was okay. Like it wasn't like, because I, so I'm Hispanic and I come from a partly uh, Mexican family and also Native American part of my family. And so it's, it's the Native American part of my family is a lot more accepting, but the Mexican side, there's a lot of, um, machismo Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word right Uh and so when and in the district that i was that i just separated from um my school was like a hundred percent economically disadvantaged and hispanic and so in in that type of neighborhood that's why We'd I'd have those moments with these certain kids that would you know oh I love you know we're gonna learn sewing yes I love costumes mm-hmm. and I love this and that it's like yay yeah because they're not able to go home and express themselves that way mm-hmm. even. yeah that's and 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 because true. they have maybe those dads or those uncles or those you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: big brothers oh, wow. what have you that. That's just not acceptable, you yeah, know? so um you know that's kind of where I'm coming from, but it's really great that it's it's awesome that you have two perspectives of Mm the spectrum you know because Uh your your sister works in secondary and you're elementary so Mm -hmm. that's really cool that you guys get to have those conversations how lucky is that we are we're very lucky in so many ways
1: like we have a built-in best friend we have a colleague that we can bounce ideas off of I mean truly we literally can go to each other and be like man, I can't figure out the best way to teach this, this medium. And she'll say, Oh, try this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that?
0: (laughs) Oh, how fun. Well, if I'd love to hear from her as well, if she would be open to, um, having an art chat with me on the podcast, that would be
1: fantastic. Yeah, she very well might. I will pass your info along to her. And she, she's actually teaching an online, um, summer class for her high school that she teaches at. So it ends this week. So then she'll have much more freedom next week. And maybe, maybe you two can chat.
0: Yeah, that would be really great. Okay. Um. So the last couple of questions I had were, I guess they're more from you to the art community. If you have any burning cr- questions for us.
1: Yeah. I, I So I typed my little answer out. I was like, what burning question do I have? So... Um, I guess the my biggest my biggest like freak out or like concern at the moment is like what the heck is school going to look like when we all go back. So <laughs> I'm trying to call myself like I can't control what I can't control. So um, being, you know, what is grateful that was like being a part of all those online communities of art teachers that have shared so much wonderful information and experiences, but seeing that also is a little scary because so many of them are, are getting pushed out of their classrooms and put onto carts and um, mm-hmm. having their classrooms being used for other students for redu- reduction of class sizes. And some even saying, Oh my gosh, I got my pink slip today. They cut art completely. So it's really scary. It's like you kind of can't help out, but wonder, but You know, I personally, like, I went to college because I knew what I wanted to do was, like, an art educator. Like, that's what I was put here to do was to share my God-given talent and gift with other people. So, um, I'm so, you know, I love my job. Like, literally, I got hired, and I've been in the same classroom for 18 years. It's, like, my second home. So, uh, I really don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. So, my burning question to the art ed community would be, like, if you – physically got like your job revoked from you or cut. Like if art was cut, if you couldn't be an art teacher anymore, what would you try for your next profession? Ah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> I you know, I I feel like I was one of those people that I so I didn't necessarily get pushed out of my position. I resigned from my district uh-huh. because, you know, we were planning on moving to oh, yeah. Fort Campbell. So, you know, it, w- it was such a weird year because like you said, you know, we didn't get to say goodbye. We didn't get to give our stuff away. Yeah. We, you know, it was like, and then on top of that, I had to leave, you know, I had to, I, I, I didn't well. want to just work for two months in the fall, whatever that would look like, you know, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be online or if it was going to be um, in the classroom, mm-hmm. and so I just thought to myself, well, you know, I'll just resign for the summer and then I'll go look for another position over closer to Fort Campbell, either in Kentucky or Tennessee, mm-hmm. and but I still feel guilty. <laughs> I feel so guilty that it's like I just slipped out, you know, Uh I, I just kind of was like, okay, bye guys. Thanks. That was awesome. But I don't want to do that anymore, (laughs) you know? And, and I really, I really enjoyed the distance learning. Um, not because, I mean, I enjoyed it because we got more time, you Mm -hmm. know, to do the things that either we needed to get done or, you know, more, self-care you like know we just we just all needed to rest I think yes yes <laughs> and so we were able to kind of catch up on what we had been you know kind of sweeping under the rug for mm-hmm. hell, what however long we had been teaching you know yep. and dealing with change and everything and so I did I, I liked the distance learning experience but I did not like not being in the classroom mm-hmm. and having and feeling, you know, the tactile materials, getting messy, having to clean up, having to do, you know, wash all the palettes of the paint and uh-uh. the brushes. Like, I just felt so torn. Mm-hmm. And, and now I find myself in a position where teaching is great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Our teaching is even cooler and I would never change my decision to get my master's in art education. I, you know, that's what the, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's what I was meant to do in this life, Uh but (laughs) (laughs) distance learning kind of kicked my butt a little bit. And it was like, you know, wait a minute, do I want to even be back in the classroom? I am a lot less stressed, not mm-hmm. being in the classroom. Oh, and I for really sure, enjoy that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for and sure, the
0: responsibilities were even though, yeah, you know, we still had our little virtual art shows, um, but it's not the same, you know, sending out a Google Slide presentation mm-hmm. or a Padlet QR code like that. Just yeah, it was so impersonal, mm-hmm. and 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 so that part of me is like yes, that part of me, I love teaching and I do want to be back in the classroom. And then the other part of me is like, but I'm so much happier not being in the classroom and it's being true. able to do it from a distance. And so right now I'm I'm a little torn. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I guess that's why I'm reaching out to people like you, um, you know, art educators across the country, across the globe, to find out the same exact question you just asked oh really (laughs) yes because I think we're all on the same page whether Mm -hmm. we really want to admit it or not right and the first step to any sort of change is (laughs) admitting that there's a problem you know or that Uh admitting that there's that there is you know the, the fence that you're trying to see over but you just yeah, don't, don't quite want to make the leap. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So that's so great. Because uh you're the first person that's actually really asked that question because it's <laughs> it's it's our real life, you know. It's, true. It, it's 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 our future that we have to look forward to. So I'm hoping within the next couple of podcasts, we're able to talk to more people and hopefully we can get some answers for you and me. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, right? Totally. Um, and then, so I guess we'll close out with the last question, which is, do you have any resources that you would like to share with the group, either online or books that you you've been reading artists that you've looked at in the past? Like what, what are some things that we could take away from this conversation?
1: Okay. So, um, well, I would like to, well, I don't know. I have a couple of things. But mainly mm-hmm. after answering our last question and even with what all you had said, like finding out that like teaching virtually is kind of cool and like maybe something I'd like to do. Um, mm-hmm. So with the remainder of summer, because my family, my husband and son and I usually travel almost throughout the whole summer, but obviously we can't. So I was thinking, well, heck, I'm going to be home all summer. Mm-hmm. Um, why don 't I use my time a little bit more productively, so I organized a little online summer art class uh, classes for kids in my community and okay yeah, so it 's been great. Um, I have about like twelve kiddos that signed up, and we meet two times a week for forty five minutes apiece, and I virtually walk them through a lesson and we you know I can have them hold their work up, I give them feedback and um, You know, parents love it because their kids are, you know, have something to do for 45 minutes, two days a week that isn't like just playing video games. Yeah. Um, but it's been so like it's lessons I want to teach. I don't have to like make sure I'm checking all these boxes off on things the state wants me to teach. Um, right. <laughs> and there are kids that want to do it. So they're very engaged in their um you know, they're, they're into it. And I'm like, holy moly, I'm doing just fine here teaching 12 kids for 45 minutes twice a week. And I do not have to figure out how to get to 600 students eight hours a day, like jumping through all these hoops, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, maybe I'm onto something here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just, yeah, figuring out maybe things to simplify life, but also still doing things you love is not that far out of, the, out of reach. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would say for our little art, not little, our large art um, colleagues that we have to just continue to rally for the importance of art in schools because, mm-hmm. you know, once you give that little little leeway that like, oh, it's fine if they don't do it or it's fine if they you know, only want to come once a week, that kind of thing, it's, they're never going to go back. They're not, once they take it away, I don't think they're going to bring it back. So right. I'd say don't give up you know, fight the fight, fight for what we love and fight for what we know is important in all kids' lives. So
0: there you have it, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed Dara's and my conversation about art education and which direction that it will be going in the future, especially coming up in a couple of months. Jeez, when I think about it, school is coming up very soon again. It feels like it just finished. Uh, Even though this has been a very unique year, 2020 will definitely see changes and improvements to education and possibly the fine arts. So I want to thank you guys for your time. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.